So we are in Romans. Um, the theme of Romans is God's righteousness, right? Um, and what we see is why it's needed, right? How not to get it, how to get it, and how to live it out. Right? So you can't get it through um, relying on the law or being a Jew to live it out. We see the truth is that God's righteousness is available for people to have. I'm going to erase this now. So. Um, God's righteousness is available for people to have. God made him who knew no sin, who is Christ, right, Jesus, um, he knew no sin to be sin for us so that we might be the righteousness, righteousness of God in him. We are imputed Christ's righteousness when we believe. What does imputed mean? Credited. Credited, basically, right? And transferred to your account, right? We're imputed his righteousness when we believe. But then we have a choice to make. Do we walk in that righteousness or do we go back to walking in the flesh? Chapter 6 said, we've been freed from the power of the flesh. We no longer need to follow this pull to sin, but it takes relying on Christ to do that. Choose to walk in the Spirit. Today we're going to look at the law. Paul will write directly to those who know the law. He's going to talk about how we are dead to the law. We've died to the law as well. So I'm going to read um, this, if I can get to it real quick. And then uh, we will get started. If you, have, if you need Bibles or anything, there are over there on the um, shelf. Bear with me. So it says this in Romans 7, verse 1. Or do you not know, brethren, for I'm speaking to those who know the law, that those who uh, the law has jurisdiction over those persons as long as he lives. For the married woman is bound by law to her husband while he is living, but if her husband dies, she is released from the law concerning her husband. So then, if while her husband is uh, living, she's joined another man, she's called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she's freed from the law, so that she's not an adulteress, um, although she joined another man. Therefore, my brethren, you also were made to die to the law through the body of Christ, so that you may be joined to another, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that we might bear fruit for God. For while we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were at work in the members of our body to bear fruit for death. But now we have been released from the law, having died to that by which we were bound, so that we serve in the newness of the Spirit, not in the oldness of the letter. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? May it never be. On the contrary, I would not have come to know sin except through the law, that I would not... For I would not have known about coveting unless the law said, You shall not covet. But sin, taking opportunity through the commandment, produced in me coveting of every kind. For apart from the law, sin is dead. For I once was alive apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin became alive and I died. And this commandment, which is supposed to result in life, produced, uh, proved to result in death for me. For sin, taking opportunity through the commandment, received me and through it killed me. So then, the law is holy, the commandment is holy and righteous and good. Therefore, did that which is good become a case of death for me, cause death for me? May it never be. Rather, it was sin, order that might be shown to be sin, but to my death through that which is good, so that the commandment sin become utterly sinful. Let's pray. God, once again, we thank you for your word. We pray that this morning you would just speak through it, and that we'd all be encouraged or convicted as needed, so we can better glorify you. On your son's name, amen. Okay, <clears throat> so we've been through Romans, we've been through 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and six now we're on seven um we're going to end eight this semester and then start up the nine next semester but here's the outline for this morning we have jews are not under the law and then basically law good sin bad right but he's going to expand on that a lot more and so he's going to first discuss things with the jews instantly right talking about the jews 
because think about this. You grew up as a Jew, and you follow the law of Moses because God Almighty told you to. Like, the Lord said, you must do these things. So, like, okay, I will try to do these things. And then you can see how you'd be caught off guard because Paul is like, we're not under law anymore. And you'd be like, but God said (laughs) to do this, right? Um, He said we've died to the law. So in last chapter, chapter 6, Paul talked about how we shouldn't keep on sinning because of God's grace. And now in 7, Paul's going to cover how not to do what is right. right? So he's like, hey, stop sinning just because God has grace. And now he's like, hey, here's how not to do the right thing, though. He's confronting legalism in this chapter. So how do we walk in God's righteousness he's given us? We've been given God's righteousness. How do we walk in that? We don't do it by following the law. Start off explaining why Christians are not under the law. So look at Romans 7, 1. Or do not know, brethren, I'm speaking to those who know the law, that the law has jurisdiction over a person as long as he lives. Paul's addressing those who know the law, likely the Jews in this church. Right? Remember, the Jews started the church in Rome and then were forced to leave for like 50 years. No, five years. A lot different. Mm-hmm. Um, like five years. And then came back and lots of Gentiles were in charge of the church. So they come back. So he's talking to the Jews and addressing them. Um, the law has jurisdiction, which is like authority, right, over a person as long as the person is alive. But if a person dies, how much are they under the law? Yeah, like if an American citizen dies, does the law still apply to them? No, right? Obviously. Um, So in chapter 6, verse 15, Paul talked about how we're no longer under the law, but we're under grace. No longer under the law, we're under grace. Chapter 7, he's expanding on that idea. What does it mean to not be under the law? He's going to use marriage as an example to kind of symbolize what he's talking about. So in verse 2, it says, For the married woman is bound by law to her husband while he is living. But if her husband dies, she's released from the law concerning the husband. So then, if while the husband is living, she's joined another man, she'll be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she's free from the law so that she may, it's not adulteress, though she's joined another man. So remember, he's building this idea that Jews are no longer under the law. That's what he's building to in this example. So someone's married, and the husband dies. The wife is no longer legally bound to the husband. They don't have to get a divorce to marry someone else. Right? She has a certificate of death not a divorce. Uh, so all that bound her to this particular person is gone. If her husband was still alive, then her remarrying just doesn't work, right? Legally, this doesn't work. He's, she's already married to this person. This isn't like Solomon, right? Where he has like 300 wives and her concubines, right? Like you have to make sure that you're not married to someone else whenever this happens. And so since her husband died, though, she's free to marry. Now, take this and apply it to um, Jews, right? To the law in general. The Jewish believer has died to the law, so it's okay for them to stop obeying it. It's not wrong. They think it's like wrong that I'm not following all these things that I used to follow. They say, no, you've died to the law in Christ. So it's not wrong for you to stop following the law. The Jews now join to Christ. So as believers, this Jewish believer, right? As believers, we're joined to Christ. And what are, what is the church called? The body, the body of Christ. What else? The bride of Christ. The bride of Christ. Wait, marriage example? The bride of Christ. The bride was joined to the law, but now we've died to the law and we're joined to Christ. Right? So no longer have to be dealing with the law the way that we were. 
So we now are drawn to Christ. It's not wrong for these Jews to stop following the law because they're no longer legally bound to the law. But what died? The law or the person? <coughs> the person, right? We died in Christ. The law itself did not die. The person has died, not the law. The law is not just like done away with. We can still learn from the law. We can still learn from it today. We've just died to its jurisdiction. Right? We've died to its authority over us. Without the law, we wouldn't know that Christ was the needed sacrifice. Right? We also wouldn't know how sinful we are. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. We wouldn't have a full sense of how just God is. There's even laws about like, this is the example I always go to because it just like blew my mind, about like what happens if your bull kills someone else's bull? What goes on? And it's like, okay, well, if it's the first time out of the blue, well, then it's like not a harsh of a judgment. But then if it's like, okay, this has a repeated thing, well, then it's a lot harsher on the person. It's like, yeah, but then if it just happens and your bull kills their bull, well, then you give them your bull and you at least get the meat from their bull that was killed, right? So it's like, that is just and fair. You miss out on a bull, but you got some meat at least, right? And so it's like, this is so like fair and just, right? And this. So there's so many different scenarios in there and everything. And so it shows how just God is by looking at the law. We can actually see God's justice and his grace and his mercy through it. And so the law has not died. The person, we've died to the law. The law itself is not dead. So we're made to die to the law. Look, verse four. Therefore, my brethren, you also were made to die to the law through the body of Christ, so that you may be joined to another, to him who was raised from the dead, Christ, in order that we might bear fruit to God. So these Jewish believers are made to die to the law through Christ, who died with Christ. We have died to sin in chapter 6, and we have died to the law in chapter 7. The purpose being, so we could be joined to Christ, so that we would bear fruit to God. This is a big deal. Because it's saying that following the law is not what brings fruit. Following these lists of rules is not what's going to bring fruit. It's by following Christ. When we're joined to Christ, that's why. The way we bear fruit is by being joined to Christ, not going back to the system of law. We've died so we're free from the Mosaic law, not from the Old Testament. The Old Testament is still important, still key. It's not going to pass away. We've died with Christ, and now Paul is going to contrast like before salvation and after salvation, what's kind of happening here. Right? So look at verse 5. For while we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were at work in the members of our body to bear fruit for death. But now having been released from the law, having died to that which we were bound, so that we serve in the newness of the Spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. So sinful passions are aroused by the law. It's like if someone says, hey, don't climb on the stage. Then we're like, it kind of looks fun though. I mean, stage is kind of cool, right? Um, we're like, hey, don't eat four donuts. And they're like, but I mean, donuts are good, right? Why would I not eat four donuts? There was a um, there was a hotel that was off the coast, and it was a nice hotel. Had balcony that was overlooking like, you know, the water and stuff right out, right out over the water. It been I've been around for a while, um, but then one day someone was like, man. Can you imagine if someone was fishing off of one of these balconies? That'd be dangerous because you have like a hook going and there's like people beneath you and everything. So they put up signs that said, no fishing off the balcony. And then, you know, a year goes by and then there's a bunch of people fishing off these balconies that they had no issue with before. Right? But then a sign is put up, like, hey, no fishing. People are like, 
that's not a bad idea, right? Like, it's just right there in the water. It's just right up to your room, right? In a little kitchenette, cook your food. Like, it's good. Um, and so you see how because people hear that rule, they want to rebel against it. Right? That's just what happens. Right? Our flesh, we know that. And so we're implementing a new rule. This is very important. A new rule today in Cornerstone. Do not look at my socks. Don't. It's important, right? We're not going to see how long can I go not looking at Blake's socks. More focus on how much do you really want to look at the socks right now, right? Like how much is that just immediately put in your heart like, why? What's wrong with the socks, right? What's going on? What's happening there? (laughs) That's the desire that Paul is talking about, right? It's like something is put in your heart to do the thing that it says not to do. So the law says things um, that are even more than just the silly things that don't look at socks. The law says a lot more. Our flesh wants to go against it when it says, don't do this thing, don't do this thing. We're like, why though, right? Why can't I do that? What's it like if I do it? The fruit of those things, though, that our flesh wants is death. Remember, we said last week, something always dies. The way of sin is death. Something always dies when we sin. It could be the joy that was happening, right? A relationship, our fellowship with God, Trust can die when we lie or something like that. And so something always dies when we sin. So the fruit of those things is death. But now we've been freed from all of that, from having to follow. <laughs> people are trying to look at the socks, right? I, people, um, <clears throat> we've been freed from all that. We're able to serve in the newness of the Spirit, not the oldness of the letter. The Spirit, not the letter of the law. So we're going to look at Spirit versus letter, right? What does that mean? <laughs> what does it mean to follow the letter of the law? Yes, literally it says this, I'm not going to do this, right? So it says newness of the spirit, it could be saying the spirit of the law, the letter of the law versus the spirit of the law. Or it could be saying we serve in the Holy Spirit, right? I think both are true, both work. But for now we're going to contrast the spirit of the law versus the letter of the law. The letter of the law for jaywalking is what? Don't do it, right? Jaywalking is, you don't cross the street at a crosswalk that's jaywalking, right? You get a fine. That's what happens. <coughs> but say there's a police officer dying across the street from you, and you can save them if you get there quick enough. Should you decide to go find the nearest crosswalk, wait for the button to say, wait to cross, Hall of Fame, at Cle- right? or should you just like go across the street safely? Probably go safely. I don't. The cop isn't giving you a ticket, right? <laughs> if you save them while you just have to jaywalk to get there, right? And so the spirit of the law, of the jaywalking law, is to promote what? Safety, Safety right? <clears throat> Safety of people walking across the street. Don't get hit by a vehicle. But if you're careful, make sure that there aren't cars coming. Go save this police officer, and you're good, right? The letter of the law is: I need to find a crosswalk to cross the street. The letter is, you have to have a crosswalk to cross the street, otherwise you're breaking the law. The spirit of the law is, I need to cross the street safely. So if you rely only on the letter of the law, then what happens when you have to cross a dirt road? There's no crosswalks. Um, The letter of the law has you standing on the side of the road for the rest of your days. You're just like... Impassable, right? I gotta follow the law. I can't break the law. I just, I just gotta stand here, right? But the spirit of the laws is you look both ways twice, right? <laughs> and you're like, okay, I'm gonna quickly cross the road and not get hit, right? 
Does that make sense, right? Like the letter of the law is like, I'm going to follow it to a T. But the spirit of the law is like, okay, I know that like, that doesn't quite apply in this scenario, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to still follow the spirit of the law, which I'm going to safely cross the road. But I don't have to go search for a crosswalk on this dirt road in the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma. Yeah. So I will take this as concession from you and not from Josh. <coughs> what do you think about the speed limit? The speed limit? <coughs> so there is a um, thing I thought about, right? So if everyone around you is going 80 in a 60, and you're like, uh-uh, I'm going 60. I think, it's just me, right? It's just me. I think that you might need to bump up your speed a little bit, right? Because you're actually promoting danger, right? Now, some, yeah, and for safety. Now, some people are going to hear that and say, okay, I can go 75 in a 65 because I saw one person doing it. That's not what it's, I don't think that's what it's saying at all, right? It's if like literally everyone is going over and you're like, all right, well, my Google Maps is at 45 on this exit and everyone's going like, you know, 70. Like, you're not doing good, right? You're going to promote danger, not safety. Even the law kind of says that, doesn't it? Like, follow the flow of traffic. I don't know. I've no. never looked at the laws of Oklahoma or that's the in, U.S. That's in the, the law that we have adopted. <laughs> I don't know if that's actually well. I didn't see on the driver's manual, but okay. So, okay, yeah, follow flow of traffic, yeah. yeah so, traffic. so it yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, so that's where I would say that applies, right? Not so much in, well, I saw two people going over the speed limit, so I guess it's fine for me to go over. I don't want to be in, but it's like, no, right? That's not what I'm talking about. Um, I think speed limit is something that we just ignore, which we shouldn't, <laughs> honestly. Um, in the same way, kind of like the idea of cross, going crosswalk. That was kind of an extreme example. But say you're in the middle of the night, it's the middle of nowhere, and you're at a stoplight. Right? And you're sitting there, and you're waiting for it to change. About five minutes goes by of just literally sitting there waiting, and you're like, I don't think this is changing. Right? Letter of the law says... You're stuck, right? Better back up, <laughs> which you can't do that anyways. Um, like, you're just stuck there until it changes at some point, hopefully, right? The spirit of the law says, okay, there's, it's flat. I see no one coming. I'm just going to go, right? Um, because there's not a cop around, right? But um, like the spirit of the law is I'm going to be safe about it because obviously there's something wrong with what's going on with this. Like, it's not registering that my car is here and ready to go. And so... That's another example, I think, of like the spirit of the law versus the letter of the law. The letter of the law has you just sitting there forever in your car right, to run out of gas. Um, but the spirit of the law is, I'm going to be safe about this. So do it. So, sorry, do you think Jesus was the spirit of the law or letter of the law kind of guy? How about we see what Paul was? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now he says we serve in the newness of the spirit, not in the oldness of the letter, right? What was happening? Okay, we'll go to Jesus. Come on. What was happening um, on the Sabbath when Jesus was around? Right. What was he doing? What was the disciples doing that the Pharisees got mad at? They were eating. pulling some wheat out and eating it. Pulling some grains out and eating it. Wheat. Yeah. Um, eating it, just like eating it out there. And then the Pharisees were like, <laughs> like your, your disciples are like literally taking food off of the what are plants, right, and eating it, right, <laughs> on the Sabbath. He's like, there was a Sabbath 
was made for man, the man not for the Sabbath, right? Like the point of the Sabbath was for rest and for um, keeping it holy in things. And he says, hey, the spirit of it is like you need to rest. But if you're like starving to death and you're like, well, it's a Sabbath, sorry, man. You're out of luck. It's like, well, that doesn't, that doesn't make sense. So, yeah. Um, so he says, we serve the newness of the spirit, not in the oldness of the letter. So we serve by what's called the law of Christ, the law of love, the law of liberty, right? Different ways it's said. We see this in James 1 and 2, 1 Corinthians 9, 21, Romans 13, 10, Galatians 6, 2, and other places it's mentioned as well. But um, it's the law of Christ, the law of liberty, the law of love. And so there's two commandments this contains. It's love God, love others. Right? That's, that's what it is. Love God and love others. If everything that we do falls in line with loving God and loving others, we're doing well. If we're loving God, are we sinning? No. no. Right? We're focusing on spiritual things. We're walking in the Spirit. I'm going to love God. I'm going to love the Holy Spirit. I'm going to follow and do what He wants me to do. If we're loving people, then are we doing things bad against them? No. Right? We're putting their needs above our own. We're not acting selfishly. We're going out of our way to encourage them and build them up. Right? That's our goal. And so if we love God and we love others, it says all of the law and prophets are contained in this. That's the spirit of the law at its core. Right? Is love God and love others. Everything we do checks these boxes, then we're doing well. So I say, love God, love others, do what you want. Right? Because if you're doing those two things, then what you're going to want to do, like the things that God has placed on your heart to do, is going to be in line with what he wants you to do. Right. And so, love God, love others, do what you want. That's the spirit of the law. So Paul has explained why Jews are no longer under the law. He says, hey, listen, you, like, you were a part of the law, you're bound to the law, but now you've died to the law in Christ and you've been raised to be bound to Christ. So you don't have to serve the law anymore. They've died so they can serve in the spirit. We serve by the power of the Holy Spirit. By relying on Him, we serve God, not by relying on the law. Does that make sense? Any questions? That was kind of the first section that we looked at this morning. <laughs> so, um, oh, go ahead. <laughs> so, I was thinking about what would be classified as like the law, because we have like the Ten Commandments, which are still applicable to us. And mm-hmm. I know that Jesus has like repeated, except for the Sabbath, like repeated those commandments in the New Testament. Is that how we know what is considered like rules that we're still supposed to follow versus? You know, the rules about eating meat. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the Sabbath was something we're not under anymore, right? We're not under the Mosaic law as a whole, right? In general. Now, is murdering still wrong? Yes. Yes. Is murdering loving God and loving others? No. No, right? Is coveting loving God and loving others? No. No, right? So these things that we see, if it doesn't fall under love God and love others, well then, and so when we see Christ or even the New Testament writers writing things, things we should do, well, we know that those are things we still should be doing to do that. But if we're loving God and loving others, that's going to follow, right? Like the fruit of the Spirit come from walking in the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and self-control all come from I'm walking in the Spirit, I'm focusing on spiritual things, and then those things just come. And we're called to bear fruit, we don't produce the fruit. To bear it means like I'm just carrying fruit, right? And you throw on people. Yeah. Um, I also just I, I studied through First Corinthians thirteen recently, like the love chapter. Yeah. Um, and there's 
there's a lot of kind of implied applications from 1 Corinthians 13, but there aren't many hard applications, quote unquote. Like, it's not like James, where you see, you know, behold, you should not be talking as much as you are. Yeah. Right? It's like, love is patient, love is kind, and those are variable ways to define that. Mm -hmm. And so I, I hear these questions, and, and my mind goes to 1 Corinthians 13, and it's like, here's the standard of love, but this standard of love does not directly apply in the same way to the same person at the same time. Yeah. And so things like do not murder, do not covet, etc., are more hard and fast applications, which even coveting, there's a little wiggle room, right? But it's like hard and fast applications of the love stuff. Mm -hmm. right? So it's like love itself is not a fully defined action but there are ways to define it. And so I think that's kind of like what the New Testament writers are getting at with more specific commandments is like, you know to love God and love others. Here's what that might look like in your mm -hmm. situation. Yeah. I don't know if that was kind of what you were getting at. Yeah, so the things that we see in the New Testament, um, whenever they have commands, are ways to do this. Yeah, that's kind of what you're saying, right, basically. And it's not always in the same way. I mean, like, Patience doesn't even look the same from person to person, situation to situation and stuff. So it's going to be different. So, yeah. Um, does that answer your question, kind of those things? Okay. Cool. So now we're going to bring up a, Paul's going to bring up a refutation and then resolve it. So he says, is the law then bad? Right? Is the law bad? He says in verse 7, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? May it never be. On the contrary, I would not have come to know sin except through the law. For I would not have known about coveting if the law had said, you shall not covet. Another question with an answer that's no from Paul. Um, he's going to explain, right? He's going to explain what's happening here. Don't get this mixed up. Law good, sin bad. Not sin bad, but sin bad. Sin came through the law. That doesn't mean that the law itself is bad, right? He uses one of the Ten Commandments here, actually, right? He says, do not covet. It's an example from his own personal life. He says, I would not have known sin if it were not, if Paul had not said, you shall not covet. But it applies to all people, right? It's actually one of the most universal, like, everyone has understood, like, I want what they have, right? Coveting. He would not have known covet if the law had said, do not covet. He was fine going through life, right? He was fine. And the law said, hey, don't want what your neighbor has. He was like, well, what does my neighbor have? <laughs> like, well, what do you mean? What's going on there? He says in verse 8, right, he explains it. He says, but sin, so they didn't know, wouldn't have coveting. The law didn't covet. But verse 8, sin, taking opportunity through the commandment, produced in me coveting of every kind. For apart from the law, sin is dead. Now, if the law said, don't covet, sin came in and said, but what if your neighbor has better stuff than you? And you're like, I better go check, right? I better go look at least, right, to see. And you start to want some of what your neighbor has. The law didn't make you sin, though. The desire to sin was already there. Right? The desire was there. But then it gave you an idea, like, hey, don't do this. It's like, well, I kind of want to, right? So apart from the law, it says sin is dead. Dead here, I think, means dormant, because it says it can spring to life. Right? It's not like dead, gone forever. It's the word necros, which means like dead. But it can spring to life, it says. And so it's like dormant there, because now my desire to covet was awakened. It was there, but it was dormant. The law came in and it awakened my want to covet. Here's an example, right, of that. Um, so we don't speed limits, right? So say you're driving somewhere 
and you're on the highway and it says just no speed limit, right? What are you going to want to do? What's your desire? You're going, right? Just going all the way. And then say you're going and you're driving and you're like, this is great, right? And then it says, all right, speed limit, 55, right? Well, now what? Is your desire to speed suddenly gone? To go fast, gone? No, right? But now you're like, well, shoot, right? Now I have to follow this thing. And I'm just like, hey, okay, now there's a battle. Of, I want to go, but then I know that I'd be going against that law if I did that. And then it says, another sign later on that says, speed limit strictly enforced, right? And now you're like, how strict, right? Like, <laughs> not, I kind of want to go, right? Like, what's happening here? Um, so the sin, the desire was always there. Just, I want to go fast, right? I got to go fast. And then now, though, it's like, now I'm aware that there's a speed limit and that they enforce it. And so now you're like, well, now I have this struggle within me, right? Like, how do, now there's actually, like, you're butting up against an authority, right? There. And so the desire was there. So in the same way, our sin was there, it's dormant. The desire was always there. But now that we see that it says, don't do this, we're like, yeah, but, like, I want to, right? Like, that's what I want to do. So as it says in Romans 7, 9, right? He says, I was once alive apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin became alive, and I died. And this commandment, which was result in life, proved to result in death for me. So he's been saying, like, listen, I, I had coveting within me, right? Um, and then when the commandment came in, sin was like, hey, you really should covet it, probably, right? And uh, it's apart from the law, sin is dead, it's dormant, but then he was alive apart from the law, in verse 9. The commandment came in, the sin became alive, he died. Result in life, result in death. So let's go to two different views here. Two different ways we could take this. First of all, this is talking about a new believer. He tried to apply the law to his spiritual life. Right? Tried to apply the law to his spiritual life. Paul was excited and like on fire for Christ, but then he tried to apply the law and he couldn't and he ended up sinning. Right? Or it could be saying this is him pre-salvation. Right? This is a personal experience he's talking about. This is pre-salvation. He wasn't convicted about his sin. He was actually self-righteous. Until he saw the law, and the law was like, hey, you're a sinner. He's like, oh, shoot, I'm a sinner, right? He realized his spiritual deadness when he understood the law. I take the first view, right? I think it's talking about a new believer here. Um, and here's why. How can someone be an unbeliever and be considered alive apart from the law, right? Like, I don't think that this is how we see unbelievers talked about through the Bible. Being alive when someone's spiritually dead. Talk about them being a believer. He's discussing with Jews, secondly, about why they're no longer under the law because they're united with Christ. So no longer under the law. And so this applies more to the believer viewpoint than unbeliever, realizing that they're a sinner to the law. Lastly, we have in chapter 8, verse 13, he says, If you're living according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you're put into death, the deeds of the body, you will live. Right? So a believer can die or live depending on if they're walking in the Spirit or walking in the flesh. So I think it's talking about in the Spirit, right? he'll live, in the flesh is going to die. They're in fellowship with God, they'll sin. It's the same terminology used in chapter 7 here. About, I was alive apart from the law, came, came in, sin became alive, and I died. Right? He was out of fellowship. He sinned. Right? So we're going to take this as we go forward as a believer who was excited before he applied the law. You're a new believer, right? You're living for Christ. You're loving it. Then someone comes to say, okay, just make sure you don't get prideful about how much you're serving. 
Or, hey, just don't make sure you make sure you don't want other people's things, though. Right? I know you're excited. It's great. Don't want what they have. Right? And you're like, I, I didn't. Right? Like, I mean, I, I mean, kind of maybe I did, but I wasn't really focused on that at all. But I should be more focused on it. Oh, my goodness. Right? You're like, whoa, those are good commands. I'm going to focus on them to make sure I don't do them. Right? I'm going to make sure I don't covet. I'm going to make sure I don't get prideful. Then where is your focus at? On not doing the sin, right? Your focus is on the sin. Suddenly you've taken your eyes off of focus on Christ and you're focusing on these sins and not doing those sins. Instead of saying, I just want to serve Christ the best I can. I know I'm a sinner. I'm going to focus Christ. I'm going to serve Him the best I can. Now you're saying, okay, I'm going to focus on these sins and make sure I don't do them. Right? It's legalism, right? Making sure you're following these certain rules for these certain laws. And you find yourself struggling way more to follow these commands than you did ever before. Right? So before you had a mindset on serving Christ, walking in the Spirit, now you have a mindset focused on walking in the rules. Right? On these strict guidelines. You went from this mindset of walking in the Spirit, now you have a harsh mindset of following these strict guidelines. And you end up sinning all the more because our flesh likes to rebel. Kind of like you really wanted to look at my socks. How many of you have glanced at them so far in this lesson? I've tried. I've tried. Okay. You've either glanced at them or tried to glance at them, right? So most of us in here have been like, either like, or they've been just like, maybe, maybe I did, right? It's probably because you're coveting, right, these socks that are great. Great socks you, sh- socks you should not look at, right? So this command that Paul tried to follow was supposed to be for good, right? But it ended up resulting in him sinning. Is it bad to say don't covet? No. No, no right? That's a, that's a good thing, right? To say don't, don't covet, right? Is it bad to say don't murder? No, like that's a good command. But he said it resulted in him sinning. It says in verse 11, For sin, taking opportunity through the commandment, deceived me and through it killed me. So sin used the command and deceived Paul through the law killed Paul. This is Paul living in legalism. This is Paul trying to put himself under the Mosaic law again. Paul is saying, I need to follow these rules. And some of us struggle with legalism in here a lot more than others. We say, I got to make sure I stay away from this and this and that and this, right? I'm going to focus on not doing these things. And those are the things we struggle with most in our life. We try to live by following rules. And then we're hard on ourselves. We get ashamed. We berate ourselves for not following these rules that we already set in place. And that's not the design or the will that God has for us. Right? It's not to be following this set of rules and being harsh on ourselves and hoping that we get this and, and all of that. God wants you to rely on Him and to walk in the Spirit. To be focused on Christ, not on these rules. If you do that, you won't care about the desire of the flesh. Right? Walking in the Spirit leads to not caring about the desires of the flesh. Because what power do we have to follow a list of rules? Like in ourselves? None, right? Like in my own flesh, right? I'm going to end up sinning if I try to follow this list of rules. If we have a legalistic view on life, we're going to find ourselves struggling with that and never being able to overcome them. And it may work for a little bit of time, right? It may actually, I've seen people in my own life even, like, okay, I'm going to do this and be really strict on myself and do all these things. And it works for a tiny bit. And then it just comes crashing down, right? I've seen people get to the point where they break because they've been so legalistic for like a school year or semester and they get burned out. It's not sustainable and it's not rewarding at all. 
It's a shame cycle. It's perfectionism, right? It's toxic is what it is. It's this legalism. I'm going to make sure I follow all these sets of rules of what to do and what not to do. And every time we live by a set of rules of what not to do, we're focused on the sin. So don't focus on that. Focus on Christ. Focus on keeping your eyes on Him and walking in the Spirit. Saying, I'm going to make sure that I'm in the Word and I'm praying consistently. I'm rejoicing. I'm giving thanks to God. Right? It's God's will for me. Christ Jesus, that I'm, I'm loving God and loving others. So this law comes in, and then suddenly sin is awakened, and it's like, okay, but you should actually covet, right? What does your neighbor have? Maybe you should look and see what your neighbor has, right? So does that mean that the law itself is bad? No, right? Remember, law good, sin bad. So then, in verse 12, so then the law is holy and the commandment is holy, righteous, and good. Therefore, did that which um, is good become a cause of death for me? May it never be hexed to the no. Rather, it was sin, order that may be shown to be sin by affecting my death through that which is good, so that the commandment, through the commandment, sin would be utterly sinful. So sin is holy and righteous and good. It was sin that was the issue. Whoa. What? The The law is holy, righteous, and good. It was sin that was the issue, right? Sin was the issue the whole time. Like we said earlier, is it wrong to say coveting is bad? Yeah. No. But sin took a good thing, hey, don't covet, which is actually good, pure and holy, and corrupted it and made it so that we sin through that commandment. Just like sin always does. The law wasn't the cause of death. Sin was. Because the law, what's the point of the law? To show us our need for Christ. To show us our need for a Savior. Show us that we're just sinners, right? And we need a Savior. So the law wasn't the cause of death. It was good, right? Sin was the cause of death. Because sin <laughs> caused death through the law. It shows us how bad our sin is. Yeah, because sin caused death through the good law. It's a good thing. And then someone's like, okay, I'm going to use that to make sin. Well, then you say, like, sin is bad, right? It used something good that God gave us. It corrupts the just and perfect law and made us sin. So Paul was in such great fellowship with God, was happy, was going through life, living for Christ, but then sin used legalism to deceive Paul and have him commit sin. Putting himself under these laws and lists to commit sin. Paul talks about how we're not under the law, but that's a good thing. Right? It's not a bad thing not being under the law. The Jews used to be under the law, but now they've died with Christ, and they don't need to follow it anymore. Now we serve in the newness of the Spirit, not the oldness of the letter. We walk in the Spirit, we follow the law of love instead of the law of Moses. Try to apply the law of Moses now, it's not working, right? It's not going to go well. Legalism leads to more sin and less fellowship with God. And sin will make you think it's a good idea. Like, I'm going to actually follow these rules. That'll be good. And then it'll bring up all these desires to do all of those sins you're trying not to do. Your focus is on the sin, not on Christ. Some applications. Don't fall into the trap of legalism. Right? It's not going to produce results you're hoping for. Because sin will deceive you. It will make you have a shame cycle and all these things about trying to follow these rules and not be able to follow them. Instead, focus on Christ. That's how we live out God's righteousness. It's not through legalism. It's through just focusing on Christ, walking in the Spirit. There's not a one, two, three step on like, here's how to live a perfect Christian life. I mean, if you love God, love others, well, there you go, right? But it's not like, here's the exact 
ways that you do it. Have a 6 a.m. quiet time and make sure you pray for at least 32 minutes and like go to church every single Sunday and Wednesday or Tuesday or whatever it is. And then also, like, there's not like, here's a list of things you do. Right? If you do these things, it's a perfect recipe for perfection in your Christian life. Right? Instead, focus on Christ and serving Him, not focusing on your sin. Secondly, don't disregard the Old Testament. Just because we aren't under the law, the law is still good, right? It still shows us God's righteousness. And all Scripture is profitable. Seeing those things in the Old Testament still show us so much about who God is, His character, and how we should be just and still merciful, right? Just and fair. So any questions or discussion about this? think the fact that um, <clears throat> Paul quickly moves from the yeah, I was like last week was like the very heavy sin 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 and it's like oh no <laughs> and so I think it's very intentional he moved quickly into sin bad yes but legalism and then explain that there because I I was kind of laughing at you're like probably people who are more legalistic and I was like yeah I hear last week was a big sin and I'm like we're not going to do sin. We're not going to do anything. And guess what? That didn't help. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it didn't help. And I'm like, oh, wait, we're actually supposed to focus on God so we don't sin, not focus on not sin. Like, oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think this lesson requires the question that in the context of discipleship or derivative forms of discipleship like parenting stuff like that uh, how much should sin be discussed or should it even ever be discussed in terms of like hey you shouldn't be doing this mm-hmm. right? instead of wow look at all these good things that we can help you with so <clears throat> I think it's important to keep in mind that sin is bad Right, law good, and so he's focusing on putting himself under law, not focusing on don't tell anyone that sin is bad. Right, because we should still like it says in Galatians right um, six um, talks about how like hey if anyone's caught in trespass you who are spiritual talk to them right bring them out of it and help them mm-hmm. get out of this, and so saying like hey the Bible says we shouldn't be doing this right. The law isn't bad to do that. Right? It's just saying, recognize that your flesh is going to be like, but I kind of want to, right? Like, I want to I want to go fast. Like, how strict is this law, right? Um, and so <clears throat> I think we still should discuss it, but it shouldn't be, okay, so to not sin, you're going to do this, 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 and this. If you don't do those things, well, then you're sinning. It's like, well, hold on, right? And then that's where help becomes, like guardrails become legalism. As so I was like, okay, so um, let's say um, Rachel and I weren't married and we're dating. I'm like, okay, so if we found out that if we stay out doing anything past like 10 p.m., well, then that's where it kind of gets sketchy, right? And we start kind of maybe falling into temptation, doing things we shouldn't be doing. So we're going to not stay out past, you know, 9.30, right? That's going to be our line. And then one time something happens and it's like 9.45 and we end up like leaving. And we're like, we've sinned. That's it. That's a sin, right? And it's like, no, nothing there's no sin that happened there, right? It was just, this is a 
wise thing to do was a guardrail, but it becomes legalism when we recognize a guardrail as the sin. And guardrails are good, but then we can, we see that they're sins. Well, that's where it's an issue. It's the same thing the Pharisees were doing. Right? Pharisees said on the Sabbath day, right, the, the classic example of you're walking, you can't spit in the mud because you might be making a little mud or spit in the dirt to make mud, to make a little brick. Right? That, that's a sin. That's working on the Sabbath. It's like, n- no. Right? Like, not even close. That was like taking the letter of the law and adding extra letters. Right? Like, it was not what was supposed to be happening. And so we should still discuss sin. How can we not sin? But focus on, ultimately, it's abiding in Christ. But if I just tell you, like, hey, you're struggling with sin, abide in Christ. And then walk away, you're like, cool, right? Um, but, like, hey, how can we have things that help us not sin? Does that, does that answer? I, I think your other point of like parenting too is is a little different because I think like little kids will sin naturally, and then instead of being like don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, be like is that loving God and loving others? Mm-hmm. Is that loving God and loving others? Kind of like the anti go ah, no, because <laughs> <laughs> like you can just do that instead of saying uh, every time they do something, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. Is that loving others? <laughs> There's a really good podcast that I listen to. It's a parenting podcast for all you parents out there. Um, <laughs> called Dad Tired. Actually, for all you guys out there, I recommend it. Um, even if you're not parents, because a lot of it's just like, how do you be a godly dude? Um, but he talked about this one time, like discipline. This is disciplining kids, and the way that he did it with his kids growing up was he's like he asked them, "Hey, what died in that sin?" And then his kids grew up and they knew exactly what to say, right? Like his, his, one of his sons was yelling. He was like, heard them arguing and then he sort of like a scream at his, his sister basically. And then he went up there a little bit later and he was like, hey man, like what's going on? And he, he always asked him like, hey, what died in that? What died in that? What died in that? Like sin always leads to death. And then afterwards he got old enough. He's like, hey, what died in that situation? He gets up there. He's like, hey, what's going on? And then the, the little boy was crying. He's like, why are you crying? It's like, like. I killed like the joy that we were having playing together and the relationship with my sister whenever I yelled at her. And it was like, he, as a parent, he was like, <laughs> like what? <laughs> um, because like, how much do we ever think about that whenever we sin? We don't. But just asking like, hey, listen, don't do that. Every time you sin, something dies. And then later on, ask them when they understand like what dies whenever you sin. All right, that's something that they understand like, hey, sin brings death. Sin always leads to death. And so, in that same way, right? Recognizing sin does lead to death. Something will die. Be better. <laughs> Lion Christ, right? Love God, love others. Okay. This is a really, I think legalism is such an important thing. Like, there's so many ways. We're over right now on time, but what are ways in our Christian life we could be legalistic? Okay, yeah, grades is kind of that's a Christian life, but like actually like like think of like Christian mean like things, right? <laughs> like I need to do these things to be a good Christian. What do you want to think of? Quiet. Quiet. Quiet times. Bible reading. Bible reading, right? Prayer. Prayer. Go to church. Serve in these ways, right? That's ways that you can be legalistic about your Christian. Now, what are ways that you can grow in your Christian life? Quiet time, <laughs> prayer, serving. Like, so that's why you have to be really careful with it because it's not just saying I shouldn't do these things. It's saying I shouldn't view these things as law. Right? 
Now, you should go to church. You should do your choir. You should do other things, right? But if you're focused on, I have to make sure I do this, I don't do that, then it's a sin, right? And it's like, well, it's a sin of omission, right? But if you're focused on a list of rules rather than just serving Christ, you're going to get caught in a shame cycle of perfectionism and legalism. It's not going to help you. So, still do them, yes. But... Just make sure you're not being legalistic about it. Like, I didn't do my quiet time at 6 a.m. I had to do it at 6 p.m. Oh, my goodness, I'm a sinner, right? It's like, okay, calm down. Just do your quiet time, right? Have time with God. Sometimes I think that uh, God was intentional when he didn't give us an exact, like, count of when omission, when you are doing a sin of omission. Like, it's mm-hmm. not like if you don't read your Bible time, within three days, you are committing a <laughs> sin of omission. It's, it doesn't actually give us any number or anything. It just tells us to read the Bible. Yeah. Says it won't be adequate unless we do. Yeah, we can't serve adequately, right? All scripture is um, inspired by God and proper for. Uh, is that the wrong one? That's the right one. No, you're right. Um, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. If you're not in the Word, you're not adequately serving. You're inadequate in your service, right? Just make sure that you're in it. And I keep your Word on my mind so I may not sin against you, Old Testament. So, okay, we're like over. So I'll pray. Lord, um, once again, we thank you so much for all that you have given us in your word, all of the, the law that we see in the Old Testament and that it's good and it's holy shows your righteousness. Um, we thank you that we receive your righteousness the moment we believe and that we can walk in it. But I pray that we wouldn't walk in it by trying to follow a list of rules or follow all these things, but rather we'd walk in it by walking in the Spirit and that we would be um, focused on you and in serving you and not in not doing the sins because we're focused on the sins, Lord. Help us to recognize areas of legalism in our lives, to write them down, and not be legalistic and change it into serving by the Spirit instead of serving by the letter, God. Uh, we pray all these things in your son's name. Amen. Can we look at your socks now?